When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Decibel Podcast with Chris Sinzak and Aaron Camaro. You know, I've been a Kiss fan for a long, long time. And if I've learned anything from being a Kiss fan, it's that you've got to believe in yourself. You've got to believe in rock and roll. You can't let anybody tell you your dreams are stupid. And you can never ever let anybody tell you what month it is that's right it's kissmas in july around here everybody knows who we are i'm aaron camaro joined as always by chris sinzak and today we're going into another dimension yeah so we we're not even using the the correct month or the right dimension (laughs) and that's what decibel geek is all about That's how we do it around here. You know, in years past on Kissmas in July, we always try to find the cool interviews, awesome people to talk to. This year on Kissmas in July, we have done that. We have brought you amazing interviews. But one of our also favorite things to do at Kissmas in July is have just conversations about Kiss. Chris and I just talking about our favorite band. And today, it's just the two of us. And we've got something for you that's a little far out, if you can dig it. Yeah, this is a this is a a brainchild of Aaron Camaro that uh, he came to me with a couple of weeks back, and we did a whole VIP thing. If you're not on Patreon and a VIP, you should definitely check it out because uh, it's got the whole basis for what we're about to go into. And I thought he had eaten a bunch of mushrooms because it was a it's a fucking crazy <laughs> idea, but it actually is so interesting and plausible. And it's going to lead to an album choice. I was going to say, by the time I was done explaining it to you on that episode exclusive to the Decibel Geek VIPs over on Patreon.com, at first you thought I was on mushrooms, but by the time we got to the end, you were like, fuck yeah, we got to do this. It's an interesting thing. So we should take care of our business before we get into it, though. 100% because... Man, I love Kissmas in July. I love the people we get to talk to. I love the episodes we get to do. I love talking about Kiss. But one of my favorite things about Kissmas in July is the awesome reviews and recommendations we always get when we bust out the sweet Kiss content. So let me go ahead and open up this folder because I know there's got to be a bunch in here, man. I love this time of year. Kissmas gifts all around. Here we go. What the fuck? There's nothing here. You got your 20. Now you'll get no more. (sighs) You guys don't love the Kissmas in July? I mean, come on. We had Diamond Tim telling us about all his awesome Kiss adventures. Chris found a player that played football for the Cadillac Vikings when Kiss came to town in 1975. This show doesn't cost a penny. We give it to you out of love. Where's our love? Give us some love. It's easy. iTunes, give us a review. Podchaser, that's a great website. Great place to discover new podcasts. Leave us a review there. A recommendation on Facebook is always nice. And if you really want to make us feel good... Shoot a message over to our bosses at Pantheon Podcasts and tell them how much you love Decibel Geek. Huh? What do you say? We do all this for you out of love. Show us a little love back. It breaks my heart when I open up this folder and there ain't one single damn review or recommendation. You guys are trying to make me cry, but I'm not going to do it. Bring it on. We got good ones from all these awesome people. How about you? You're awesome. Leave us a review or a recommendation today. We need it. And if not, 
Maybe you just need to get laid. Hey, I got the perfect thing for that. It's a Decibel Geek t-shirt. Yeah, it'll get you laid every time. Pick you up a Decibel Geek t-shirt and have yourself an awesome time, just the way Gene Simmons would have intended. Quick disclaimer, just because I don't want people to say that that's false advertising. You will get laid every time. We're not guaranteeing you'll have a partner, though. All right. Well, you know, (laughs) if I've learned anything about Kiss, it's that sometimes you got to love yourself. It's true. You got to. So no reviews or recommendations. We carry on anyway, because we know who's got our backs. Every time we release a new episode, whether it's a Geek Wire or Kissmas in July or the best and worst of Zeppelin or whatever we happen to be doing, Fresh Blood, heck yeah, you guys love that one. We always put it out there on Facebook. We always put it out there on Twitter. Then what happens is the most coolest of the people, they see that and they go, hell yeah, I've got to share this with my people, just like you guys did last week. With the Cadillac Dreams episode. Heck yeah. Talking about the time that KISS came to Cadillac, Michigan way back in 1975. I know you guys had to love that. We got a lot of cool comments on the posts. And the coolest of the cool will find those posts. And they will share them and retweet them. And what happens then is they get their names put on a list by doing that. So simple. So easy. These people must still be honored for their amazing awesomeness. And they are. Because they are our Geeks of the Week. Geeks of the Week this week are Adam Cox, Rockin' Ron Runyon, Kristen Schimbeck, Brent Tibbetts, Simon Cat, Eric Senzak. That's my brother. Derek Novak, Aaron Baker, Mark Starsky, Grayson Gallegos, David Glenn, Shay Hargett, Matt, Matt Porter, The Kiss Room, John Phillips, Shane Haber, Mike Parnell, Ralph Vieira, Todd Cunningham, Keith Rockford, Sean Geek Podcast, Tom Logsdon, Sit and Spin with Joe, Mark Alden-Taylor, Freeform Rock Podcast, Mark and Jerry BS Sessions, David Cathy, Will Honeycutt, Joseph Capone, Victor Rua, Scott Crouch, and as always, The, the Mooger Fooger. That's right. Those are our people. Oh, woo, woo. Howl at the moon. Shout out to yeah, Buddy. I hope you're feeling should, better. <laughs> should I redo it? No, no, no. Leave it in. Buddy's just okay. a big part of the show, too. He's got his big Gene Simmons cone on right now. You need to put some bedazzles and some spikes on that thing. He had it off for two hours, then started going out of his pocket and had to put it right back on. Poor guy. Big shout out to Chris's dog, Buddy, going through some problems right now. <laughs> <laughs> He didn't leave a review either. That son of a gun will forget him then. <laughs> no, the correct phrase is son of a bitch. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that is appropriate. <laughs> oh, man. We're Kissmas crazy around here. So we're bringing it back to you one more time. It's Kissmas in July. Eh, even if it is August, what the hell? So what happens if we take a peek into a world? It's a lot like ours, but it's a little bit different. Take a look at some alternate history right here on the Decibel Geek Podcast. And it goes a little something like this. Imagine, if you will, a world where KISS is an American rock band formed in New York City in 1973 by Paul Stanley, Gene Simmons, Ace Fraley, and Peter Criss. They are considered almost unanimously one of the greatest bands to ever exist. Known for their signature face paint and unique stage outfits, the group rose to prominence in the early 1970s with shock rock style live performances which included blood spitting, smoking guitars, fire breathing, levitating drum kits, and plenty of pyrotechnics. Now for a little history. On January 30th, 1973, at their very first live show, Kiss are discovered by Bill Coin, who finds a way to get the band in front of executives from every major American record label, who all instantly recognize the star power of the band. This causes a major bidding war to sign the band to a recording contract. A coin would help KISS negotiate a six-record deal with Capitol Records. Capitol 
who were known for making the Beatles a household name, immediately recognized the marketability of the band and are committed to putting all their forces behind making KISS into megastars. KISS becomes a worldwide sensation with the release of their self-titled debut album in early 1974. The album receives much attention and acclaim because of their unique look, sound, and live show, along with Capitol's full support and backed by the success of singles Strutter, which reaches number 8 on the U.S. singles charts, and the cover of the Bobby Rydell song Wild One, which goes to number 4. These factors helped the album edge out Band on the Run by Paul McCartney and Wings to take their number one spot on the U.S. Billboard album charts, a position that the album would hold for most of the year. Because of the immediate impact and success of the debut album, Kiss is quickly put back into the studio to record a follow-up. This was another huge success, as Hotter Than Hell would climb to number two on the album charts, falling only to Elton John's greatest hits. The ballad Going Blind becomes a staple of AM radio and the band's highest charting single to date, reaching number three in the U.S. The Peter Chris sung mainline also becomes a top ten hit in the U.S. The album goes to number one in the U.K., Canada, Japan, and most other countries on Earth. KISS would go on to release three more albums between 1975 and 1976. Each release continues to establish them as the most popular band on the planet. While the band's success is unparalleled throughout the 70s, internally, things could not be more turbulent. Immediate success at a young age with no struggle gives the members a sense of entitlement and a feeling that they can do no wrong. They become more committed to themselves than they are to KISS. In 1977, KISS releases Love Gun, but the relationship between the band members has become far too strained. At the height of their popularity, KISS decides to break up even though they are still contractually obligated for one more album. Management pitches an idea where all four members will release solo albums on the same day as an attempt to save the band, but the idea is strongly rejected. The breakup is hidden from the public as Capitol Records releases Kiss Alive 2, their fourth consecutive triple platinum album and their final album contractually owed to Capitol. The official statement that KISS has disbanded comes in the August 1978 edition of People magazine, although in reality, KISS has been broken up for nearly a year. Paul Stanley is the only member to appear in the publication without his makeup. The announcement of the breakup of the world's most beloved band is accompanied by an interview where Paul discusses his plans for the future. To capitalize on the planned press release, Paul Stanley formed a new band as soon as KISS went their separate ways in 1977. The Secret Band, featuring Punky Meadows, formerly of Angel, on lead guitar, Vicky Blue, formerly of The Runaways, on bass, and newcomer Eric Carr on drums, this band would be called Star Child. And their debut album, Love in Chains, is released on September 18, 1978 two months after the announcement. The album is very popular and is a top 10 album in the U.S. They embark on a worldwide tour with Hanoi Rocks and Girls School as opening acts, and it is one of the higher-grossing tours of 1979. Starchild would go on to release two more albums, 1981's Unmasked and 1983's A Million to One. While Paul Stanley would enjoy great success with Starchild, he would never match the popularity of KISS. Peter Chris is the next to reemerge, although it wouldn't be until over two years after the official announcement that KISS is broken up that he begins to promote his own new album, I Found Love. Possibly because he waited so long to return to the spotlight, he doesn't make the same impact that Paul Stanley did. Also, the album is not embraced by KISS fans because it's smooth, soft rock. 
The album spawned the hits Don't You Let Me Down and Tears that become staples on adult contemporary radio. Peter would join several successful tours over the years with the likes of Christopher Cross, Steely Dan, and Kenny Loggins, usually as the opening act. Peter would only release the one album, but would tour regularly in the early 80s, playing solo music as well as his signature Kiss songs. And even though he'd never come close to reaching the heights he found with Kiss, he seems very happy. The first photos of Gene Simmons after the breakup start to surface as photographers start noticing him around Hollywood in late 1979. While in public, he wears a mask covering his face to hide his identity. Gene reveals that he soon will be making his motion picture debut, which will be the world's first opportunity to see him completely unmasked. The first unrestricted footage of Gene without his makeup comes on an early episode of Entertainment Tonight, where he's interviewed in London on the red carpet for the world premiere of the film, For Your Eyes Only, where the former demon would play the role of Aristotle Christados, a former war hero turned smuggler and the main antagonist for James Bond in the film. The anticipation of seeing Gene without his makeup boosts the movie, which becomes the second highest grossing film of the year, only slightly behind Raiders of the Lost Ark. Gene would receive critical acclaim for his performance. Next, the role of Khan in Star Trek II comes down to Gene Simmons and Ricardo Montalban with Gene losing out. Instead, Gene would co-star with Jack Palance in the movie Alone in the Dark, playing the insane Dr. Leo Bain. The movie is a disappointment, and Gene's stock in Hollywood drops majorly. In 1983, Gene secures the role of a henchman in the movie Scarface. He's getting steady work, but it's not the superstar transition to Hollywood that Gene had envisioned when he completely set aside his music career. After the demise of Kiss, Ace Fraley becomes the most reclusive member of the band. He turns down several offers from record companies who want to facilitate his return. Known as one of the hardest partying rockers in the world, Ace Fraley uses his newfound freedom to seek recovery from drug and alcohol addiction. He is successful at conquering his demons and lives a quiet life with his family. He is occasionally photographed while attending concerts with his daughter. In an exclusive 1984 interview with Hit Parader, Ace reveals he still regularly plays guitar and has some new songs written and would be very open to a KISS reunion. This statement opens the door to Gene reaching out to Ace. They get together at Ace's studio in Connecticut and rekindle their broken friendship and begin working on new music. Paul is asked how he feels about Ace's statement in every interview he does. His response is always the same, that he's happy in Star Child, but the truth was that the latest album had not done quite as well as previous releases. Gene and Ace invite Paul and Peter to get together to talk. Paul accepts, but Peter does not. Ace, Gene, and Paul are now working together, using Paul's drummer Eric Carr. They have more than enough music for a new album, and they are very proud of the songs. Recognizing the potential of the reunion of what was once the most popular band on earth, Mercury Records makes a huge offer to the band, with the caveat that all four original members must be involved. When presented with what Mercury is offering, Peter is convinced to return to the band, with his sole demand being that they do not put the makeup back on. Yet. In 1985, after being gone for over seven years, KISS reunites. Mercury immediately puts KISS on the road with Bon Jovi and Doc in his openers. It is the highest grossing tour from 1986 to 1987. KISS relied on a mix of their classic songs live, but by 1987 they were ready to put together a new album of the songs that Ace, Gene, and Paul had created and Mercury is ready to put them back into the studio and make it happen.
Well, that's a lot to take in and uh, an interesting history lesson on it from a different dimension. That's right. A lot like our own, but very different as well. So here we are. It's 1988. KISS has been back together for a couple of years on that big old tour. They're back, all four original members. But now it's time for a new album. That's where Chris and I come in. We're going to figure this out. We're going to find out what the album's called, what it looks like, what songs are on it, and how awesome it would be. It's alternate history. So you and I have put together an album each of what we think would be that album that they come back with after being gone for so many years. Who's going first? Do you want to go? For, why don't you go first? This was my stupid idea. I'd love to hear what you came up with. Okay, so to, also to make it clear, the albums that we chose songs from are Asylum, Crazy Nights, Fraley's Comet, and Second Sighting. That's right, because in that time period, those were the songs that were written. Peter Chris never released nothing at that time, so... That means if Peter Chris is going to have any vocals on this album, he's going to have to do like the old days and have songs written for him. Right. So my thought, my thinking on this was I'm trying to imagine. So Kiss, as we, as you heard in the awesomely produced uh, intro piece that Aaron did, great job on that. I don't even need mushrooms. No. It's just the way I am. <laughs> but for those of you that ate mushrooms and then listened to that, I'm jealous. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my thinking was, so as he mentioned, they toured with Bon Jovi and Dokken opening. Right. That makes sense and because at that time, those are bands that are kind of on the rise. Yeah. So what I was thinking, you know, the Kiss has the tie into Bon Jovi with Desmond Child, obviously. But I was thinking, what if about a Kiss connection to Dokken as far as who's going to produce the next record? Oh, I think I like where you're going with this. And basically the thinking would be, we got these guys back. We need to make a big splash with a big record. Who's the big contemporary kind of Ezrin of the 80s that's producing all the big stuff in hard rock at the time? Michael freaking Wagner. Exactly. Nice. So, against his own wishes, Michael Wagner gets hired to produce Kiss. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm not even a big Kiss fan, but I produced their greatest album in another dimension. In another dimension. And maybe in this dimension, Michael thinks they're amazing. Mm. (laughs) I don't know. That's right. Um, In this dimension, Michael Wagner's a huge Kiss fan. Yeah. So, they get into... So why don't we do this? Why don't we do side A and I'll go side A, you go side A, okay. I'll do side B, you do side B. Okay, that sounds good. Because we should break it up a little bit. Okay. So Michael Wagner gets recruited to record this record. I love it. They go into the studio in L.A. this time, because that's Michael's base of operation. We'll say Music Grinder Studio. I think that was the main one he was using in those days. Yeah. And they have to get along, and they've got to put that this together. So, man, it was hard to the the get, picking the songs that I would have picked. That was a bit of a challenge, but then sequencing was the hardest part yeah. for this. So, but I tell you what, though the the album opener is also an album opener from that time, and I think this song, this song, and this the album it comes from is great anthemic hard rock that's commercial friendly. And, of course, it bombed in 87. I'm talking about Crazy Nights. But I think if you had Ace and Peter on that, and I think there's a lot of KISS fans that because it's not Ace and Peter on there, I think if it was, they would be more forgiving. I still think Crazy Crazy Nights makes an awesome lead-off track. You know, and I can see it. I can see it. I do not include Crazy Nights on my album at all. Okay. Um, but I think that, and I also, and actually, I think I picked three off of each album. Okay. I even made it harder for myself just because I wanted there to be a lot of mix. So crazy, crazy nights. And also I will give Tommy Thayer credit for something. His, the way he plays the solo, he kind of aceified the solo in recent tours. I'm sure you've seen it. Right. Um, 
and I like what he did with it. He actually got, it's a good mix of Bruce's solo. And then he does a lot of acisms on it. And I'm thinking I could totally hear Ace playing that solo and it works for the song. So that's a, that was a big criteria for me is like, I had to hear this song and think, is this something all four of these guys with their skill levels could play on? And that's kind of the thing too, because when I'm looking at songs, like how could this work? I'm listening to some of those eighties kiss songs from Mm -hmm. asylum and crazy nights. And I can actually kind of imagine ACE playing on some of these songs. I can imagine Peter playing on some of these songs and it made me realize that, you know, as different of a guitar player as Bruce Kulick is from ACE Fraley, he still kind of honors that Ace Frehley style of playing, even though he's not playing on a Les Paul and he doesn't have that same tone. There's a lot of little acisms that Bruce slides into that stuff to still keep it sounding like Kiss. Yeah, it's it, he's a mix, kind of a mix of Ace and and with the Eddie Van Halen mindset. Like it's, but there's also solos of Bruce. It's like. They certainly, I'm not putting Boomerang on this, right? Even though it's off a different album. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? But it's just, or King of the Mountain. I can't, I, I, I'm not having Peter playing double bass on anything on this. Oh, shit. <laughs> um, it, it, and you do do you yours the way you want to. There's a couple right. songs on here that you might be like, Peter couldn't play that, but you'll, you'll hear. So Crazy Crazy Nights opens. I think that's a good song for all four of them. Hold on one second. Before you go into track number two, I think you got a little excited here. What is the name of the album? Well, track number two is the title track. Okay, perfect. So the name of the album is Trial by Fire. I like it. I like it. I think that would be a great Kiss album title. And it sounds like something you would use for a reunion album. You know, they've had battles in the past, and they're going to be. It's going to be a trial for them. The fire thing with all the flames. Yeah, just made sense. And so, and also, Trial by Fire was the first probably the first song that popped into my head thinking that could be an original four song. Yeah. There's stuff on here that I could hear. I can imagine because that's the mindset we kind of had to have when we put this in, like, what would that sound like? You know, would it be good? Would it be terrible? What would it, would it work? And so that's the thinking on putting this album together, you know, cause I mean, if if you really, when, when you walk away from this episode, I would like you, the listener, a KISS fan, to listen to Asylum and listen to Crazy Nights and say, what songs on here would work for all four original members? Because yeah. when you look at the Fraley's Comet songs, you say, man, Fraley's Comet was a great band, but how cool would it have been to have Peter... Paul and Gene doing the backup vocals on this song or what they would have added to it as musicians or in a lot of cases with Peter, how these songs would change because of the difference. That's the biggest difference, I think, between classic Kiss and the Kiss era that we're talking about now is Peter and Eric. It's hard to transition Peter's playing into a lot of these songs that are so stellar because of the drumming of Eric Carr. Right. Yeah. This whole thing is a mind fuck. I don't know how I came up with this. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's fun to play around with. And then like, and, and just like, once it really clicked for me, when you explained it a couple weeks ago, I was like, oh, man, this is a really, I don't, I've heard of what if type theme episodes, obviously we've done them before, but this is, this one's on a, a kind of a different level. I, yeah. I've changed my picks on this album so many times leading up to this moment. Yeah, so now I'm on to track three, and here's where it's going to get weird. So Paul sang Crazy Nights, of course. Gene sang Trial by Fire. My third song is from Fraley's Comet, but Ace is not going to sing it. I'm going to have Gene sing Love Me Right. Wow. You know what? Wow, yeah, I could see that. That one I didn't find. I didn't I didn't pick that out myself, but you're 100% right about that. Well, even the lyrics sound like a Gene song. <laughs> it's, it's got, I, I want every pleasure to the max, you know, yeah. give me satisfaction, yeah. <laughs> satisfy my appetite. Don't bite. Although, although I think touch me like you touch your little teddy bear. I don't know if Gene would sing that. No, he definitely would. He'd say, I love that lyric. That's amazing. That's like 
log in a fireplace on a whole nother level. Yeah, I guess it's equally as shitty as log in a fireplace. <laughs> I don't even think this is the greatest song, but I could totally see Gene singing that song. Oh, that's cool. I like it. <laughs> um, then we're going to stick with Fraley's Comet. And Ace is going to sing Rock Soldiers because it totally is a Kiss song. Oh, yeah, 100%. That's on my album, no doubt about it. And it's in a nice sweet spot on side A. And it makes perfect sense for Ace to be telling that story on the new Kiss album, the big return of Kiss, after everything he's been through. So he had to go through all that shit while he was in Kiss, go completely nuts to be able to go home get sober, and be the one. He's the ignition behind the reunion of KISS. Yeah. See, our dimensions are quite different in some ways. I got two more. Uh, the next one is uh, a slam dunk should have been a hit for KISS, and I'm, of course, going to put it on this record. It's going to be Paul singing Turn On The Night because I could totally see the original. Now, the solo would have to get changed a lot. I don't think Ace yeah. would play a solo like that. But I, that's one I think would have translated with the original guys. Yeah, that's another thing, too. It's like to try to imagine what the solos would sound like. Because in most of these songs, the Kiss songs anyway, the solos would be completely different. Oh, yeah. But then you listen to the song and think, what would Ace do here? And a lot of times, well, in pretty much all the times, it's amazing if you can imagine mm-hmm. it. Well, and I'm also imagining Ace continuing to blossom as a player as he did on Dynasty and Unmasked because he really stretched himself on those. And, like, I was listening to the Save Your Love solo again the other day. What an amazing guitar solo. Yeah, it's awesome. I love that one. It's It tells a whole story. It goes different places. It's really melodic. And it, I'm thinking of Ace playing like that on this. So then I'm going to close outside one with this is a weird one. Um we're going back to, to the Fraley's Comet albums. I'm going to have the song Something Moved, but with Peter singing it. Wow. I got to think about that in my head for a second. I think everybody's probably thinking about that in their head for yeah. a second. The way I could hear it with Peter with full-throated screaming like he did in the 70s, I think he could pull that one off. Yeah. Singing the way he sang on Baby Driver. Yeah. I can hear it. I can hear it in my mind. I like That's it. It's a cool song. I it's like an underrated it. Fraley's Comet song. Yeah. I didn't pick none of the Todd Howarth stuff. Oh, yeah? Well, I think Todd's voice works with Peter's voice. Yeah, yeah. Which is odd because they're different. But Peter, with that full-throated scream, would he would go up into those higher ranges. Nice. I oh, man, I like side one. The first six tracks on your album is awesome. Yeah, that's side one. It's not your by turn. Fire. Okay, cool. All right, so my 1987 album, The Return of Kiss, is called Revenge. Yeah, it comes a little earlier than what Kiss in our dimension uses, but it seems like a good title to wreak vengeance on the world of rock and roll. We're back, you know, the greatest band of all time, The Return. I think Revenge is perfect for that. So what's cool about this is Chris and I, not only are we podcast artists, in some ways we're graphic artists too. So we each actually created our own Kiss album cover. I love what he did with his. And then I was like, man, I want to to try to make one too. So we made album covers. So if you look in the show notes where you found this posted, whether it's on Facebook or on Twitter, you'll get to see the album art we came out with. I think you even did a back cover, didn't you? I did. And I haven't yeah. even seen that yet. I love your cover. And Thanks. I like yours. I can't wait to see the backside. I didn't do a backside. I just did the front. And as you'll see, I'm not quite the graphic artist that Chris is. <laughs> That thing took me a long time. <laughs> well, I'm I'm using Canva, which makes things a lot easier. Oh, nice. I'm using this program called Windows Paint. <laughs> oh, wow. It's, it's some cutting edge stuff. If you, if you take into account that I'm using Windows Paint, my artwork 
is amazing. It is for Windows <laughs> Pay. You're the last person on earth using that program. I don't know. It works for uh, me a little bit, I guess, uh, sort of. I, I got to I gotta give you my Canva login and get you to uh, step up into the current day. I can only imagine what I could come up with. <laughs> So check out our artwork. Let us know what you think. Who's got the coolest album cover? Let us know in the comments section. All right, here we go. My album, Kiss, Revenge. Track one, I don't know. I just think it's a cool opening track. And yeah, I do want to hear Peter Chris trying to play the drums on something like this. You got to <laughs> kick it off with a Paul Stanley song because it doesn't matter what dimension you're in, Paul gets the track, the opening track. And it's King of the Mountain. Wow. It kicks off Asylum in our timeline. And I think it's a great kickoff to the album. It's got that fucking awesome drumming on it. I want to hear Peter Chris do that. I believe that he can. I believe that he can. Even if he's not using the double kick drums, he finds a way to make something really cool into a kick-ass drum intro to go, you know what? The fucking cat man's back. And then rock into the song. It's a great Paul Stanley vocal. I always love that song. You know, it's a it's an uplifter. It's an ass kicker, and it's a great way to kick off the album. And that's track number one on that's Kiss cool. Revenge. Number two, can't say it better than you did. It's totally a Kiss song, and it's got to go on here because it's the return of Ace Fraley. Where has he been? Let him tell you about it. He's a rock soldier now, and he's back to kick your ass with his band Kiss. And so, rock soldiers, it's got to be on there. Number two, perfect sequence so far, I think. All right, so this is where it gets a little weird. I like your weird picks too, but I got one for you here. <laughs> Check this out. Trial by Fire, yeah. sung by Peter Chris. Huh. Think about it. Stop. Imagine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah totally awesome man peter chris would rock that song out so hard i can hear it in my head like i was listening to the song earlier when i was driving and i was like because i picked it earlier and i was like man if peter sung that it would be so cool and then i'm listening to the song and i'm going oh man it would be even better than the version we got in our world trial by fire peter chris lead vocals heck yeah i like it Got to bring it down for a minute. Something kind of groovy, a little heavy, a little dark. You got to have that Gene Simmons song in there. It's a perfect one. If you think about it, this is the quintessential Gene Simmons song, Good Girl Gone Bad. I've always liked that one. I think it's got a good place in here. To me, it seems like a Kiss song, and it intrigues me to think what the guitar would sound like on that because it's got that cool groove to it, and I can only imagine... Like, Ace is good at finding that groove, too. And I think he would elevate that song a lot and make what is a good Kiss song into a really great Kiss song. That's one of my favorite. That's one of my favorites from that era. And it's one of those where I think that would have made a good uh, Fraley's Comet song, too. Yeah, see? A lot of this stuff is interchangeable. All right, track number five. This one's another one that's going to blow your mind a little bit. Peter's back, but he ain't got no songs. Oh, here's a good one. Might even be a good third single, because everybody's going to go crazy for this album. Into the Night with Peter Chris on vocals. He would totally work on vocals for that song. Because you got to have something that's a little more melodic for Peter. You know, you start out with Trial by Fire, a hard rocking tune, Peter Chris singing it. Mm, everybody that loves Black Diamond, everyone that loves Baby Driver is going to dig that. A little something for the people that like Hard Luck Woman and Beth, but not so wimpy. Still a good rock song, but a little bit dropped down tempo-wise. Peter Chris singing it. I can hear it in my head. I think it's amazing. And then track six to, to close out side one of Kiss Revenge in 1987. Man, you got to have a single, and I think this is it. Who Wants to Be Lonely? Paul Stanley vocals. I think about what it would be like with Ace Fraley and Peter Chris playing on that. It's a trip, man. I think the the basic the the basic riff for it lends itself good to the to the original guys, but they would have to definitely reconstruct it from what it was. Yeah, and that's a lot of what I hear now that I never really realized before that 
Even though Ace Frehley definitely wasn't like an influence on Bruce Kulick when he was coming up as a guitar player, it kind of makes me think like Bruce taking this job said, you know, I want to be myself, but I want to stay true to the Kiss sound. You know, I'm Bruce, but I'm joining Kiss. So I want to make sure that I'm lending myself to help Kiss be what they best are. And so never before have I ever listened to Bruce and thought, you know, there's a little bit of Ace Fraley in there. But I think that's on purpose. Well, there's certain like certain scales and modes that he does that you can tell it's it's a t- not so much a tip of the hat to Ace, but it, it's I guess it's like ear candy for someone who's already an Ace fan. Right. It's a tip oh. of the hat to the Kiss fan listening to this. Right. It's it yes, it's a lot flashier than what Ace used to do, but it's also it still doesn't go way over the top like another ex-Kiss guitar player. Yeah. Man, Bruce Kulick was awesome. But I can't help yeah. but fall in love with these songs thinking about Ace and Peter playing on them. Be interesting. So that wraps up side one for me. All right. So side two for me. So I gotta gotta come out strong with with uh, the opening track for side two. Another mi- mix up here from what you're used to. Um gonna open with breakout, but it's gonna be with Paul singing. Oh wow. Coming at yeah. Wow, yeah. I could totally man, that would be awesome. Yeah, I think he it, it it sounds it works in his range for that time. And the only thing is the drumming on this might be a little above what Peter does. So it, it might be simplified a little because there's some weird like counter rhythms and oh, stuff yeah. during the, the chorus. It's a hard song to play. Oh, yeah. I mean, if Ace Fraley didn't have Anton Fig in the band, I don't think that song ends up on his album because who else is going to play those drums? That's like the quintessential Eric Carr drum song. You know, Eric Carr wrote the drums for that. You got to have somebody like Anton Fig if you're going to cover it. Peter mm. Chris is going to have to turn it into his own somehow. Yeah, that one's um, that one. Uh, I know in the feedback that might be one that I get criticized for because yeah. Peter's not going to play that drum pattern, but also that drum pattern in the chorus kind of makes the song. Right. Yeah, so, that's kind of what I'm thinking too. Like if you take away those drums out of that song. The song's not as good because the drums no. are such a prominent part of it. Right. So, I mean, I'll, yeah. Anyway, it's still nice to imagine Paul singing it. Though. No, I love the idea of Paul singing that. That's amazing. Yeah. So then we're going to go. Now it's power ballad time. So I could have picked Reason to Live because it was a big deal to me back in the day, but I wanted to mix it up, do something different. We're going to have Peter sing the ballad. This is his Beth, and it's going to be uh, the song It's Over Now. Wow. See, when I thought about that, I thought, do you give Peter a ballad? You almost have to give Peter a ballad, right? And I was thinking more along the lines of reason to live. That was the initial thought. But then I'm like, nah. And then I listened. I was listening to It's Over Now. And I, you know, I could hear Peter singing this song. Yeah, I could too. And then when Kiss breaks up again and Peter Chris goes back on the Yacht Rock cruise, he could be playing that. He can play. <laughs> <laughs> and then he, he also later titles his autobiography. <laughs> it's over now. Oh, yeah. I like it. Yeah, that's All far right. out, man. That's, that one's hard to imagine, but wow. But yeah, I mean, it says something for the uh, Fraley's Comet material. I'm yeah. opening with two songs from there, from that band. Yeah. Um, all right, next we're going to go back to Asylum, and it's going to be Gene singing Any Way You Slice It, because I'd I i I'd love to hear Ace let loose on a solo on that song. Oh, yeah, that would be amazing. That one's, yeah, that's on mine, too. And I'm thinking of, like, a solo like what he used to do live for Making Love, like the, the big fast breaks and stuff yeah. would work on that song. Man, we got to get a hold of the guy that made Axl Rose sing the Velvet Revolver song on AI. <laughs> Do an AI kiss And album. make him make this album for us. Like, <laughs> AI, what would it sound like if Ace Fraley played the solo on Any Way You Slice It? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like it. But yeah, so, and then we're going to stay on Asylum for the next track. We're going to have Paul singing uh, all night because that, that song works as a original Kiss song. I think you got to have it on there. I think it's, yeah, it's a good Kiss song. It sounds like a classic Kiss song. It's got that little bit of humor to it. 
I think it would work with this band. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, it's it's cheesy enough where it would fit in, and uh, but also the the riff and all night the the song kind of gets laughed at because of the the lyrical content, but the riff on that song's awesome. Yeah, it is. I'd love to hear Ace play that. Yeah. And speaking of Ace, he had a, a vocal on the first side. He's going to have one on the second. We're going to have Ace singing Insane. Yeah, I battled with that one. It was, I think that was the last thing I changed. I had it on the album and I opted for something else, but that one was right on the edge. And I think I could put it right back in. It's a great Ace song. I think it'd be an amazing Kiss song. I agree. I think it should be on there. It's not on mine. But that was only from last-minute decision. I could probably spend the rest of my life alternating tracks on what I wish this would be. <laughs> yeah, and then I got one more to close it out. And it's funny, I, I opened with the opening track for Crazy Nights, and I'm going to close with the closing track for Crazy Nights with Gene singing Thief in the Night. That's cool. I like it. I've always loved that song. I think it belongs on the album in 1987, The Reunion of Kiss. I like it. Was it 87 or 88? Uh, what did we decide on? 87, 88? Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's another dimension. Okay. I mean, we don't even know what fucking month it is. Yeah, but my back cover says 1988. Eh, it doesn't <laughs> matter. We'll call it 88 then. <laughs> That's fine. Um, but yeah, so Thief in the Night, um, one of my favorite Gene songs from the 80s and any era. And unlike a lot of people, I like it better than the Windio version. I like it. I like this version better. And I think it thumps along just fine. It, it doesn't sound, you know, it's not buried with keyboards or anything. So there's, there's tracks on crazy nights that have a little bit of balls to them. Oh, that was one sure. of them. Definitely, man. I love your kiss album. Thanks, man. I wish we could play it. I wish we had tracks from the other dimension. We, we only know the story from the other dimension. We could not steal the CD and make it back, unfortunately. <laughs> that would have been fun. Oh, man. Okay. So, here we go. Side two of mine. Kicking it off with Tears Are Falling. I just want to nope. hear Ace Fraley play it. <laughs> I debated putting that one on mine, too. I think you kind of got to have it on there because you're going to want songs that are going to be singles, that 87, 88-ish that they're going to be playing on the radio. Tears Falling is a great single. It's it's a great Paul song. I think it deserves to be on there. Yeah, I'm going to put it on there. Track number seven. All right, now I'm going to blow your minds a little bit. Like Chris Sinzak, I agree that this song belongs on this album. So for me, track number eight is Thief in the Night. But wait a minute. Ace is singing it. Think about it. It's a total Ace Fraley vocal. Yeah, especially with all the echo and like the space and the vocals, I could hear that. Yep, yep. It's probably my favorite song on this album, "Thief in the Night" with Ace Fraley on vocals. Holy shit! How cool would that be? That would be cool. Gotta love it. All right, track number nine. Again, I agree with you. Any way you slice it, such a hard rock and kiss song. It's a great Gene song. Balls and testosterone, man. That's what you want out of Kiss. This song is amazing, and it'd be even better if it was the four original members playing on it. And again, too, think about these songs. Think about the background vocals. When one of the guys is singing lead, the other three guys are singing background vocals. This is a fucking amazing album. <laughs> All right, got three more tracks to round outside two. Number 10. This song, I think, with this twist, really, really works. Taking Stranger in a Strange Land, one of my favorite Ace Fraley songs. One of my favorite songs off that album, Fraley's Comet, for sure. It's kind of heavy and cool and serious. I like it a lot. It gives me kind of strange ways, parasite vibes. So who better to sing this song than Peter Chris? What do you think? Hmm. See, I that was that one almost made my album too, but I was gonna have Gene sing it. Yeah, see, I thought about that too. I thought it would be cool with Gene singing it also. But like but, I said, yeah. with it giving me like the kind of kind of gives me the same feeling as when I hear the song Parasite. And I go, 
man, that's like a, a heavy, serious Ace Fraley song. I always wished, you know, back in the day that Ace had done vocals on those songs. But right. this song kind of reminds me of that. And so I thought, well, damn, that's got to be perfect for Peter. And then when I tried to think about it in my mind, like what that would sound like with Peter singing it, I think it really works. And now you got your Black Diamond type song on here that is heavy and cool and it's got Peter on vocals. You want to have that. Maybe that when you play it live, when they go out on tour with this, that's where the big drum solo comes in. Right. All right. So then track 11, I'm going to cheat a little bit on this one because it wasn't on any of the albums, but this is a song Chris and I have talked about probably a bazillion times, how Ace really needs to redo this song and release it because it's amazing, but it never made it on an album. Just because I can... I'm including audio video on this bitch. You cheater. I, I wanted to do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course you did. Everybody that's ever heard that demo song goes, why hasn't this ever been on an Ace Frehley album? Ace Frehley's got a bunch of solo albums now, but he's never pulled that one back out. I still got my fingers crossed that audio video gets pulled from the vault and ends up on the upcoming Ace Frehley album. It deserves to be heard. Damn it. There's yeah, several of those early 80s songs should be. Yeah, re-recorded. there's a bunch of them. And then for track 12, to close out the album, it's a quintessential Kiss song. It made it on your album. It's making it on mine. Paul Stanley closing out the album with a fun one. And I think uh, All Night, you need a little bit of that. And I think it's a fun way to punch out the album at the end. That's a good one. So, yeah. I mean, shit. I, th- I love your album, too. Yeah. I'd buy that in a So, second. let's go through the full track list each. Okay. So, mine is Crazy Crazy Nights, Trial by Fire, Love Me Right with Gene Singing, Rock Soldiers, Turn On the Night, Something Moved with Peter Singing. Wow. Side B, Breakout with Paul singing. It's over now with Peter singing. Wow. Any way you slice it, uh, all night, insane, and thief in the night. I like it. I like it a lot. What I would do to hear that album. <laughs> <laughs> and then now go through your full one. Okay, so for me, Kiss Revenge, The Return of Kiss. Track number one, King of the Mountain. Track number two, Rock Soldiers. Track number three, Trial by Fire with Peter Chris on vocals. God, would that be cool. Track number four, Good Girl Gone Bad. Track number five, Into the Night with Peter Chris on vocals. That's as big a ballad as you're going to get out of me. (laughs) I love love that pick, though. It's not really much of a ballad, but that's your Peter Chris ballad on my album. Uh, Track number six, Who Wants to Be Lonely. Double it up with two Paul songs in a row with Tears Are Falling. Back with the crazy one. I'm telling you, think about it. Thief in the Night with Ace Fraley on vocals. It's perfect. Then you got to bring it back with any way you slice it. God, what the Ace Fraley solo would be like on that. Stranger in a Strange Land with Peter Chris on vocals. Ace Fraley finally giving us Ace Fraley fans what we've wanted all along. Give us a real version of audio video and then wrap it up with uh all night a good fun kiss song amazing what a great album that would be right yeah i'd love it i i, I wanted to be funny and pick something stupid like gene singing reason to live but I, <laughs> I, imagine gene singing that song <laughs> what do you think about japanese bonus tracks you got anything i didn't i didn't pick any i mean the, i guess the bonus track would have been gene singing stranger in a strange land that was the one that was yeah. really close to putting on okay. there i think if i was going to go with two japanese bonus tracks i'm going to throw no 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 on there and uh the girl can't dance oh like, i hate that song like a full-on kiss version of it though you're trying to turn off japanese fans with that one japanese fans love the weird shit yeah. Um, I like that song. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> oh, I hate it. And I hate No, No, No as well. I can't stand either of them. Really? Oh, man. Yeah. I like them both. I, I I was tempted to pick Sword and Stone, but I didn't want to I cheat. I thought about that, too. And I don't have no problem with cheating. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> 
Yeah, I thought about that too because that's a great song. Uh, it's off the uh, in in our dimension. It's on the so- uh, Shocker soundtrack, and it's done by what Bonfire. Paul Dean from Loverboy. Oh, okay. All right. Well, Bonfire did cover it, too. Yeah, okay, yeah. It's a great song. I always wish Kiss would have done it. Yeah, now bon- Yeah, I think Bonfire might be on the Shocker soundtrack. Okay, yeah, I think but so, But Paul too. Dean recorded it for his solo record. All right, yeah. Could have been a good Kiss song. That would have been a good Japanese bonus track. Yeah. And it also, it bummed me out a little not being able to have Eric on this. I would have liked to, but then again, then you just have, I don't know, Ace and Eric, it would have been interesting to hear an album with those two. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, shit, where do we go from here? They they go back out on tour with this album, and they're smart because they come back without the makeup at first because you don't want to shoot that wad all at once. You know, you bring it back without the makeup, Go on the big world tours, keep it going for a while. This is the Kiss style, and then we're putting the makeup back on. At that point, they got to come out with a new album, so maybe somewhere down the line, we'll do another one of these and talk about the return of the makeup era Kiss. And maybe, who knows, in this other dimension, maybe something happens to Peter Chris. Maybe he's like, man, I want to go hang out with Kenny Loggins. For Sammy Hagar. For Sammy Hagar. We're we're doing the Yacht Rock cruise. You never know with these other dimensions. They're weird. And then what do you do? You need a drummer. Who are you going to get? Clearly, the obvious answer would be the drummer from Star Child, right? That's right. You bring Eric Carr back in because he was the one helping them work out these songs to begin with. Oh, by the way, I am trying to come up with some artwork for a fake Star Child album, too. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> I've had fun with this. Yeah, me too. Me too. It's it's amazing the things that come out of my brain sometimes. It, it, I don't know. I'm shocked. So we had we had five songs that we both agreed on for our records. Yeah, that's cool. Trial by Fire, Rock Soldiers, Any Way You Slice It, Uh All Night, and Thief in the Night. Yeah. Yeah, man. When I'm done, I look at this track list and I try to imagine in my mind what this would be like with all four original members playing on it. Mm. It kind of hurts my feelings. It breaks my heart a little bit that it's not real. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I really want to hear these albums. We need to um, contact uh, our friends in Classic 78 and see if they'll record it. Hey, no. Do you remember (laughs) years ago? When that dude came out with the cover of the song Secretly Cruel? Yeah, Double Virgo. Double Virgo, but he did it in like Kiss Classic style. That was Oh, it was wonderful. Super cool. Double Virgo. Yeah. I forgot about that. Look that up on YouTube if you're a Kiss fan and you don't know about that. It's damn cool. And it kind of ties into what this would be. Yeah. That, maybe somebody maybe somebody would want to take it up and see if they could record it. It'd be interesting. Even if it's just, you know, phony, it'd be cool to hear. Well, I mean, like, yeah, Classic 78. I'd rather see a band like Classic 78 do something like that yeah. than have it just show up on AI because that stuff's kind of janky. Yeah. Well, the, the only thing with Classic 78 is that the, they probably love the idea, but then they're like, we don't want to get sued. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's a tribute, right? Well, I, and I've told, I think it was Joe McGinnis from them that one of my ideas was take some of the unreleased kiss demos that never got finished and do them like full on. Yeah. That's a good idea. Or Ace could just start listening to us and we tell him (laughs) you got to do audio video. You got to do back into my arms and you especially got to do the girl can't dance. I like this cover of Baby It's You, but I bet you don't like that one. Well, in this dimension, the possibilities are endless, just like in that crazy kiss dimension we just talked about. The world is an amazing place, and the limits are as far as your imagination can take you. I learned that from Kiss, too. And that's what helps us do the best we can to bring you the best podcast we can. As KISS fans, I hope you guys enjoyed this. If you did, maybe you could find it down in the bottom of your black, frozen-ass hearts to leave us a review or a recommendation. 
because we would sure appreciate it. So even though it's August, we don't care. This has been Kissmas in July, and you've been listening to the Decibel Geek Podcast. So yeah, leave a review. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.